Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. Hi, this is Amory Zanzel, and welcome back to another episode of Queer Business Success. Today, I have Marcy Grossman on the line. She is a financial literacy educator, author, and speaker. She's also a CPA with over 30 years of experience helping people to better understand their financial world. Welcome, Marcy, to the show. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. I really am. Um Marcy identifies as an ally and her pronouns are she, her. So Marcy, tell me a little bit of how you came into being an ally for the queer community. I've had friends on in the queer community for decades, I think, starting in high school. So it was never it was never a matter of intentionally saying, oh, I'm going to be an ally. It just, it just was. It was, it was well, the this right is my friend. You know, right. It doesn't change anything. And, um, you know, I have, I have numerous friends, family. My kids have friends. Um, and I, it's just, of course. <laughs> I love that. You know, and that's what, that's, you know, actually we shouldn't even have to say allies, but I really appreciate when people are like, well, it's just the right the thing to do. Of course, I'm going to be an ally with no, and I really appreciate that about you, Marcy. So, what is a financial literacy educator? I am super excited to have you on this show because I think this is something we don't talk about enough. So, tell me about what you do. Well, let's let's start with we don't talk about it enough because money is has been for so long one of those taboo subjects. Absolutely. And uh, and so the best thing to do when there's a taboo subject, because I'm, I'm a troublemaker, is to talk about it. It becomes a matter of, oh, well, you say I can't. So, of course, I'm going to. And then it's a matter of, but people haven't learned these. And it, it's real quick and, and easy to say, oh, well, that's because schools haven't taught it. But your kids are home and they should be knowing your situation because mm-hmm. kids learn their relationship with money based on what they've seen. Right. Whether whether they learn that's what they should do or that's what they shouldn't do, the exposure they have to to their parents, their grandparents, whomever they're surrounded by impacts their relationship with money. And if you talk about it and you explain, well, we didn't do this because X, Y, Z, then you're improving their uh relationship with money because now they're understanding rather than saying oh we always go to xyz and not and not this other place i guess it's because we don't have money or we do have money or whatever and and they don't realize that your friend works there or um you have a dietary restriction or or whatever that you go to this restaurant or ice cream place it's it's having 
just more open-ended conversations with your kids. Well, we are going to go to Disney World, but we're not staying on Disney property or we're staying on the less expensive or we're only going for one day and or, you know, any of the choices we make in life. Mm -hmm. Having those conversations. Okay, it's your birthday. We can have it at home and you can have 10 friends or we can go to a restaurant and you have two friends. You know. So it's basically just normalizing the experience of spending it and not uh, of, of money and telling the kids really we're doing this because of this is what we can afford and being very, very and just being very transparent about it. Right. Yeah, and, and it's not a matter of affording things in terms of I only have this many dollars. It's a matter of looking at the longer term. Well, if we live this way and we take smaller vacations, we can help you with your college expenses. Mm-hmm. Or we can have nice, we can take nicer trips. And for college, you're on your own. It's these are choices we're making. We're the adults in the family. So we get to make those choices and, and you have that. But, but if you're going to say, why aren't you going on the vacation? So and so's family, you can say, okay, because we're deciding we have these other things we would rather do with our money and making those decisions part of, part of your dinner time. I, I joke about having money talks Monday at your dinner table, whether mm-hmm. you take my book and you say, okay, we're all going to read such and such chapter and talk about it, or everyone is responsible to find something about a particular topic, or everyone is responsible once a month to bring the topic to the table where you can talk about whatever financial talks you want to talk. We're going to talk about how interest rates affect the house we live in or the difference between investing and savings. Just pick any topic. Look in the newspaper, the, the, um, raising the debt ceiling or, you know, everything. But that can be really challenging, Marcy, because sometimes adults and adults don't have that financial literacy to be able to talk to the Like, I don't think I could talk to my children about the debt ceiling. But if you had a week to prepare, you could look up a couple of articles and say, this is what I've learned. This is what I think I understand. And if everybody had that week or two weeks or whatever to prepare, see if you can find an article and learn two interesting facts about the debt ceiling. So what you're saying that it's important for people, whether they have children or not, they can do it as a couple. It doesn't matter because not everybody, and especially in the LGBTQ community, a lot of times people don't have kids, but they are a couple and spend time together. So basically, you know, to be really um, proactive, like if you don't know something, like if you don't know about the debt ceiling, go and find a couple articles, read about the art, the debt ceiling, and so that you're able to talk about it with some education. Right. And you don't have kids and maybe you don't have a partner even, but you have friends and you say, hey, we all could use this. So instead of a book discussion group, you have a financial discussion group where you bring up a topic because everybody learn needs to learn this. And mm-hmm. while they're starting to make it more accessible in schools, if you're above a certain age, you're not going back to high school anytime soon. You may not even be going back to college anytime soon, but nothing stops you from having a financial discussion group, just like you have a book discussion group. So tell me about your business. So I... I've written my book. I'm, I'm. What is the name of your book, Marcy? Oh, here. Let me even show you this. I don't know if I'll be in reverse. Money nope, Marcy's there. Guide to Financial Literacy. I made okay. it friendly. I even made it small. So you don't because, get overwhelmed. Because I don't want it to be overwhelming. Exactly. This is this is a book for people that don't know 
everything. Mm-hmm. Because while it is, uh, uh, most of it is more basic topics. I've talked to people my age who are accomplished adults who take care of all of their finances. And then when they read a chapter, they're like, you know what? I've always done it, but I haven't understood why I did it. So I don't want to say it's just a beginner book, but it is a beginning. uh, It's it's a beginning way to, to start entering into a better understanding of these topics. I've also put together a workbook for people who want to kind of track their goals and how they change and what they need to achieve their goals. On my website, I have free resources available, worksheets, links to um, IRS websites and, and other websites that are real and true as opposed to selling you something. Right. Um, you know, the only thing I sell is my book or myself as a speaker to organizations. I, I don't do individual coaching because I don't want to limit myself from from the people that don't have access to resources. If, mm-hmm. if I was an individual coach, you already have a CPA or a financial advisor. You don't need an individual coach. You need ways to converse better with, with more people. So I'm, I'm trying to really focus on the people that don't necessarily have, have the access to the people to help them learn to take the right steps and, and learn to understand more about their money. I, mm-hmm. as, I, as I practiced in public accounting, I would have these accomplished and educated individuals and all of a sudden we'd be going over their tax return or, or something about their business finances and they'll say something and I'd be like, oh my God, they don't know uh, this more basic concept that I was like, you know what, we, we're missing something. When, when we're educating people, when we're sending them out in the world, we're not really giving them all the tools. Well, believe me, I have a CPA and she's lovely and I really like her as a human being, but sometimes like she's so far ahead of me that like her, I'm, and like, I like sometimes don't, for example, I I don't, I don't want to go down this road and talk about it, but like depreciation on assets and a, and a, and a house that I rent, I like, And, and if you're not, if you're not, you can't, if you're not watching this on video. I just went with that hand over the head. <laughs> it's so over my head, you know, hey, you want me to sit with you while you're dying? I can do that. But explain depreciation of assets and, and all that stuff like that. My eyes start to like glaze over and I'm like, my, my, I'm like Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> my brain I, shuts down. Well, yeah. And that like other concepts you know since that's more of a business concept i don't cover it in in this yeah. first book but those can be broken down but we make assumptions because mm-hmm. you have done all the things that you've done because you know all the things that you know she's assuming that you really understand that better than you do and if you were to ask her questions she'd be happy to sit down and and explain you know depreciation is the way it is because we assign a lifetime to this asset and mm-hmm. then we dis, you know determine that what you've paid is broken down into these segments and that's how you get to expense it on your tax return right absolutely you know yeah. so so she could break it down and and you might say okay i kind of understand that but could you explain this part of it a little better and she'd be able to do that mm-hmm. and that's fine but but we as professionals we don't know where each individual client is at so right. until you ask the question i assume you understand me 
Well, I do ask the question. She explains it and I'm still confused, but we don't have to talk about that right now. So that's, tell me. And, and that's fine. I, you know, I, I go to the doctor, the same thing happens. <laughs> so what are the biggest challenges in your business? There, there are twofold. One is obviously there are so many people that I haven't reached yet that haven't found me. Um, but everybody learns differently and everybody teaches differently. So I know everyone who needs to learn about money is not necessarily going to be that I'm going to be their ideal teacher. Correct. So I can't say, oh, well, there's a million people out in the world. That means I need a million people following me for this to be successful. But I know that there are still people out there. Maybe they've picked up books to learn more and they put the books down because the book was overwhelming or it just didn't connect with them or they found people on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And it just hasn't hasn't yet connected with them in terms of, of reaching them on a level that spoke to them. So I'm always looking for more exposure so I can find those people. And I'm always looking for more topics, more stories to share in my books, because I feel that stories are, they connect us more to learning than if I just mm -hmm. gave you the X, Y, Z, and this is how this financial topic works. When I can put a story into the book that says, you know, this is what happened to me and why when I talk about a topic, then that helps people better connect with it. So mm -hmm. I'm always looking for more stories. I'm always looking to expand my reach so people can have the opportunity to better understand money. So those are my biggest challenges. I, I, I just want to fix the world. I want everyone to understand money. I want everyone to make their best choices. I see people spending money that I happen to know they don't have. Mm -hmm. I see people who are in retirement who did everything right and have all the money they need. And they're still being in that stingy save mode with themselves. And I want. Oh, I completely to... understand that. Right. You've won. You've done everything you needed to do at this point in time. You get to enjoy and they're not willing to enjoy. And I feel badly for them because I have a, I have a friend that's like that. She has worked for a big company in a high level position for years. She has um, like when she talks about like when her 401k, like when the stock market takes a dive, she talks about <laughs> losing several hundred thousand. So I know her, her 401k is incredibly large. She also has a pension from this company and she also has social security. I'm like, girl, you're going to be fine. You're 66 years old. Retire. And she's tired, too. I mean, her job is very demanding and, and she's in charge of a lot of men. She has like 100 men because she works in the utilities field. So she has like 100 men who report to her and she's just tired. <laughs> and I think they keep her around, honestly. Like all her colleagues have been offered the golden handshake and stuff like that. They keep her around because they probably don't have diversity and they have a woman engineer that knows how to run telecommunications, but also old telecommunications that were established in the 80s and 90s. And so I think that's why they don't give her the golden handshake because she is waiting for the golden handshake. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, a golden handshake is what, Marcy? Well, that's that's when they um, make you a retirement offer. So that's so good seen those that in you, the, right, you can't even, refuse. Even people that hadn't thought they were going to retire yet, they said, hey, if you retire now, we'll give you this this nice chunk of change. I seem to keep bumping my camera. Sorry about that. So, yeah, those are 
And that's terrible. They're not offering it to her because at 66, you'd think by now they would have. Yeah. But I understand they can't if they can't afford to get rid of her. Hopefully it's not just for diversity. Uh, Usually is. (laughs) Hopefully it's not just because she's a woman and they figure she'll retire on her own and they can save the money. Hopefully Ah, it is. It is because they actually need her skills and she's she's too valuable. But on the flip side, yeah, she's 66. She deserves to retire if she's she's ready to. And she could go do do so much and have so much fun. And it's like, just please retire, honey. Go enjoy your life. You know, she's just worried. Like a lot of people, you know, she had a very, you know, poor childhood. She also lived, she was cast out by her family because she was gay when she was young. And so she lived on the streets when she was like 17 for a couple of years and then realized that she needed to get her life together. And she did. And she went to college and, you know, did everything she needed to do to support herself. She's actually an American. She's actually an incredible success story for the queer community. But I can understand understand, you know, money insecurities when you're young often feed into your money insecurities when you're old. And so working through those insecurities, I think, are really important for people. You can tell people stuff until they're blue, until you're blue in the face. But until you deal with the social, I'm not the social, the emotional attachment to money is sometimes it won't work until they deal with that emotional, that emotional baggage they have with money. And we all have emotional baggage and we all have these things we're we're not aware of that we've brought in based on things that happened to us when we were young, things that we witnessed in our family or our friends. And uh, and it's hard to get past them. So one of the things I have available on my work on on my website is a worksheet for retirement. So it's Mm -hmm. a retirement budgeting worksheet because your expenses in retirement aren't the same as they are when you're working. And what I recommend people in similar situations to her is you put together your budget of what you expect you would need to spend when you're in retirement. And then you can look at your retirement money, your pension, your social security, your 401k distributions, whatever they are, and see if you are generating the income you need for those expenses. Mm -hmm. And And some fun. (laughs) and, And Well, but those expenses should include your fun. Yeah. If if mm-hmm. your retirement is a lot of travel, then that needs to be in your budget. If your retirement is babysitting the grandkids, then that needs to be in your budget. Some people for retirement, all they want to do is they still want to be out and about and working and whatever else. They just want to work at something that has no stress and is totally social. They want to work at the zoo. They want to work at a museum. They want to, you know, whatever it is they want to do. So they would still be earning money because they need that schedule. And and volunteering is great, but a lot of these places need people to work there because you can't guarantee a volunteer is always going to show up, but an employee does. (laughs) So tell me what's the biggest success in your business, Marcy? My biggest success is when I see someone get that aha moment and change their life around. And uh, when someone reaches out to me and said, oh, because you talked about such and such, I was able to move forward and, and make this change in the way I was spending because then I know that I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just out here saying, look, I got my name on a book and look, I've got a TikTok and and whatever else I can. I can feel that I'm doing something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So what would be your one piece of advice for somebody who wants to go into financial advising others on social and through books and stuff like that, the way you're doing it? Um. 
I don't know. I don't have I don't have my two million followers yet, so I don't know that I can that I count by anyone else's terms as a success. But you just have to keep doing it. You have to listen. You have to learn. You join networking groups and and you get tips and tricks from other people of and figure out how you want to present. There are some people that only present like still photos or whatever else that that use words, whereas I'm always a talking head. Not always. Ninety percent of the time, I'm a talking head. But in social right now, that's what they want. They want video. They don't want stills anymore. They don't want, they call it static. They don't want static anymore. They want what you're doing is right. And so, yeah, it's about, I mean, it, there's there's so many tips and tricks that people give out there. I have some people that I follow that just give such amazing t- tips and tricks, you know? <laughs> so it's, you know, the thing is, though, is I find that you can become very scattered with all that stuff. So I find that like doing social and planning your social media calendar, like one day a month where that's all you do. And you plan it for a month, two months, three months and do your videos, get everything all planned out and up there. And then you don't have to think about it again, you know, and you can be very coherent because you're being very one follows another after another, after another. You know, I don't plan that much in advance because financial topics come up in the news. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to react to them. If they talked about this yesterday, I don't want to talk about it in a month. I want to talk about it in the next couple of days. That's when you put your spontaneous video up. You okay. see what you want. Yeah, because what you want is you want your followers to follow you about money tips and stuff like that. But then if something comes up in the news, you want to talk about it, then just do a spontaneous video. I mean, you can have more than one video a day. You can have I mean, there's people that do 30. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's um, not doing that. Not doing that. Yeah, that's not that's not where I want to be because I want to give people something to think about. I figure if I'm posting a couple of videos a day, then they might miss the one that was most relevant to them. So I try to just post one video, but every day so that they can have something they can stop and they can chew on it because I'm trying to, to get people to change their own lives. I'm trying to get them to change their own thought processes, their relationship with money, the the uh, the unconscious biases they have about money. You know, these these things don't you, you can't all of a sudden go from standing still to running. So yeah. I'm I'm trying to to keep putting out steps that are accessible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Marcy Grossman, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people find you? Well, if you come to my website, which is moneymarcy.com, M-O-N-E-Y-M-A-R-C-I.com, there's my resources, there's links to podcasts I've been on, there is links to my Instagram or TikTok or Facebook group or LinkedIn. I'm I'm all over the place. You can you can find me, follow me. My book is available on Amazon. It's also available at libraries. You can request it if your library doesn't carry it and find if this is this is what's right for you. Um, reach out to me, send me send me an email. There's the link to that on my website. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always collecting stories and uh, trying to answer questions. Well, men and money, Marcy, it was so nice to meet you today and have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Anne-Marie. You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA plus businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, 
Take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies, keep taking care of business.